get this show on the road. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, I think we're ready to go. Ladies and gay gentlemen. <laughs> ladies and men who have been forced to sit in the same room as their girlfriends with their laptop. That's all it is. Hello and welcome to Let's Solve Nothing. I'm Ryan O'Connell. I'm Joanne McNally and this is the podcast where we take a topic and we try to solve it. Spoiler, guess what we never really do? No, in fact, a lot of the time we make it worse. So what are we solving today, Joanne? Today we're, we're going to solve love. Love is in the air. We have to, the day. on the day that it is. What was your first love? When was you first realized this is what love is, your first love? So I don't really fall in love. I become completely obsessed and possessed by someone. Like there's that woman that you were talking about earlier, that Helen Fisher woman. She says being in love is like having someone camping in your head. But I become possessed by them entirely. And I'm fanatic. Yes. I'm like one of those, I'm like those fanatic fans, you know, in Asia. That's what I'm like. My You're all in. I'm all, like it's a problem. Mm-hmm. My first love my first boyfriend who I obviously didn't love I was nine but I thought I did his name was is he's still alive to my knowledge Richie Stokes and I met him in this Irish camp called Bruena where it's so bizarre at the time love was really encouraged so in the like we were all early I think I was 10 we'd have like a um we'd all meet in the you know those assembly things yeah and then people with the t- moon tours would go, oh, Lista on Gras. There'd be like this list on the wall. And then they'd chant your names. Joanna Richie, Joanna Richie. And you go up and then they go, Pogue, Pogue, Pogue. Changing. Like how 90s. Can you imagine adults now screaming at children to kiss? Yeah. It's not something that's going to be allowed. Score, 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 score. And you're like, oh. So anyway, I obviously fell for Richie hook, line and sinker because he entered me. Um, once I'm entered, I'm like a Venus flytrap. With tongue? With tongue. What do I mean with anything now, obviously? <laughs> I'm slightly more discerning now. But it, the whole, it, it, the first hole is obviously as a child is a mouth, but it's all about being um, entered, right? So anyway, yeah. I was obsessed with him. Obsess- all my stories start with, so I was obsessed with this guy, okay? Yeah. Or... That's what my psychiatrist said. There, how my two stories start. Obsessed, obsessed, obsessed. You can just say that and guess what she's going to talk about because you'll get it right. Joanne, bingo, do it. I think I actually told this story on Clear History. Did I? He was dressed. He used to dress like um, a tiny lesbian. He was like head to toe combat. He was so sexy, and he had like this gorgeous red hair, and he wore wore dog tags. Anyway, we went out for a week or something. I mean, I you know, which was significant at that age. He was my first kiss. He's the guy who kept his eyes open. Do you remember I was telling you? And then I have to kept my eyes open. And then everyone was screaming blinker at me in the street and loud because I was still kissing with my eyes open at 18. Richie started the blinker. <gasps> so he made a really big impression. Morto. Yeah. He groomed me. I learned my trade from him. <laughs> anyway, he left me for another girl in Bruena who had developed and I hadn't developed and she'd like these huge boobs. Anyway, he left, but I had the dog tags and I went home and I sat in my bed and cry- to say I cried, like I dehydrated myself. Do you know, do you remember that song? I swear, I swear by the men. 100%. And cried and cried and cried over this last love. Then, cause I'm a fucking psycho, 
took a compass and engraved the dog tags that I think he must have lent me with Richie Loves Joanne. Because I was like, go with his name first or they'll know that I wrote it. Yeah, because he would do that. You got to do that. Did you, what did you do with the dog tags? I want to like throw everyone off the scent that I want them to think that he wrote these. Richie Loves Joanne forever and ever and ever and ever all the way down the dog tag. And then wore them around Bruena. Look at your one right in the eye. That takes an awful lot of time. You wore them around Bruena. Yeah. Was everyone not looking at you going, you can't wear those anymore. You can't wear those anymore. You can't wear those anymore. It was so weird. It was just so weird. I just don't take rejection. Wow. Rejection hurts. Because in the olden days, if you were rejected, you, if your tribe rejected you, you'd die. And you'd be cast out. That's why my first experience of love was with a wall. And uh, stay with me now. Stay with me. Tell me more. Everyone who had posters, everyone remembers big magazines, smash hits, and they'd have these massive posters. So I had this massive poster of Billy Warlock and Erica Elnack, who played uh, Eddie and Shawnee on Baywatch. And they were up on my wall and I would kiss them both goodnight every single night. That was, they were, they were my first true loves. The fact that I was kissing Shawnee as well, I'm not too sure. I, I, I've never really delved deep into that, but I wanted to be her so as that I could go out with Eddie because I wanted them from the show. But when you fall in love with a poster and you kiss them goodnight every night, I'd always do it because I shared a room with my sister who was 11 years older than me. Um, I did it before she'd come up to bed because I think she'd realize then I was a massive weirdo. But you don't get rejected. It's fantastic because when I fell for my very first person, who was this exotic, exotic guy, he arrived into our third class like something out of the blue. Do you know how exotic he was, Joanne? Go on. He came from England. <gasps> English accent. He wore a gold necklace and he had a Liverpool jersey that he bought in Liverpool. We thought he was the sexiest thing in the world. Because attraction is in the unknown. I mean, what's Chester like? What shops do they have there? What's different from Limerick? But it's like, it's like the fact that when I, because I have an Irish accent in the UK, I'm like catnip for men. Are you? For you as well? Not my personality, but my accent, catnip. <laughs> catnip, they fucking lot. Because it's different to them. And they don't, they can't tell that I sound like a posh prick. They don't know that. They just think I sound like Bono with tits. They can't tell the difference. Is that not just a bit freeing for you then? Because in Ireland, you're always just judged on your accent, regardless of what sort of accent you have. Mm. Like, oh, she's from there. He's from there. He does this. He does that. So you're, you've got a freedom over there. Yeah. Plus, I don't think the English people, I'm sure there's English people on this, but they don't necessarily. Is so like, it's kind of hard to explain that the, we do have posh people in Ireland because... They all see us as pavos. I think so, a little bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that that's, that that's all. But this, this guy, Sean, he was, we all loved him. And I think, I think, and I know the girls are all on the Zoom who all went out with him as well, Lorna Jane and Grace and everything. Because he went out with all of us in a row. Because mm. the choice. He, had, he could just go, I'm going out with you this week, you this week. And he dumped me because I wouldn't, uh, shift with tongue because I didn't know that that's a thing that you had to do I thought it was just open mouths I was 10 how was I meant to know 10 or 11 I was getting fingered to tan wearing grow up <laughs> grow up I remember my first like so Richie was my re- in real world fella 
But the first man I was very attracted to on telly, do you know, and you're like, I feel funny down there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Was. <laughs> so fucked up. Sorry, mine was a poster. It can't be worse than shifting a poster. It was Pat Kenny. <laughs> okay, it's worse. Okay, it's worse. Who. At my age, like what Pat must have been in his 40s. And I was like young in the sense that like, I didn't even know, very strange. And what's weird is obviously I've developed father issues, but like my dad was still alive then. There was really no excuse for it. For anyone who's not from, cause I know people from America, Canada and the UK are, are watching this. Pat Kenny is like Jeremy Paxman in the UK. You know, a bit like Jeremy Paxman in the US, he might be a bit like Dan Rather. That sort of a vibe. He's not Anderson Cooper. Put it that way. Lovely man, but not Anderson Cooper. Why did you fancy Pat Kenny? Father figure. Lack of other options. I just want to say hi to Emer Smith, who's just after typing into the group. Hers was Miley from Glen Row. Disgusting. <laughs> But it's so strange, isn't it? Like, so all these relationship experts, they all say that you were in a constant stage of trying to replicate the relationship we had with our parents. And you're always mirroring and stuff, which is bonkers because my last boyfriend had like Satan tattooed across his back. And I'm looking at my mum going, so you're saying I'm trying to mirror the relationship I have with my mother, with your man. I just, I just don't see it. But aren't we meant to? Isn't that the whole thing about love is that our first experience of love is our parents and that we will forever look for that and perpetuate that forever. Cool. Isn't it funny the way you can call a man daddy in bed, but if he calls you mummy, it's just like game over. Because a mummy is... Can we, can we rewind for one second? What if I was like, oh, daddy, daddy. He's like, mom, mom. It's just... <laughs> <laughs> Disgusting. Mom, 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 lunch ready. Mom, mom, where's my pre- my PE gear? Is it washed? Yeah, it's very different. Why do you think it's okay to call someone daddy in bed and have you ever done it? Daddy's kind of sexy. No, it's absolutely not. Again, you do have daddy issues. It's a huge category on Pornhub. I'm just saying, I didn't make this shit up. No, I know, but also stepchildren is a huge category in Pornhub. Let's not delve deep into that right yeah. now. I'm going to do Let's Solve Pornhub one of the day, and I think that we should. But that's just, is that not just a, is that not just some weird, I don't think it's okay to say daddy in bed. Have you ever said it? Yeah. And I'm adopted, so he legitimately could have been my father at the time. I didn't know. <laughs> I was just covering all my bases. <laughs> Mine was more like daddy. <laughs> daddy, daddy was like, daddy. Could could you be? Can I get a lift? It, like we we all are deranged, and there's a madness in our own way, and it especially comes out during love. But there are such levels. Like you and I are on the completely opposite spectrum when it comes to love, because you're 100% all in. And I think there are a lot of people like you where, you know, your heart is out there. Whereas for me, like I'm not, I'm the quiet one. I'm the one, now I'm grand and fine. I never like them anyway, even though I go home at night and I'm crying into my Sauvignon Blanc. Thinking, oh my God, why don't they love me? But I would never let anyone know that because it's all about protection and self-preservation. So mm-hmm. only on two different sides, but I do think it's all madness, right? 
So why are we obsessed with romantic love? Also, I think that's interesting that you say that and you are the one in an actual mature relationship and I'm living in a house share in Clapham. <laughs> you seem to have actually figured it out. Whereas I'm thing. like busy smelling the fucking plug hair of some lad that I haven't seen in three years. Do you know what I mean? And then I got repulsed by everyone. I went, so you know that, that whole thing of like your lights on or your lights off? Yeah. My light went off and there was no getting it on. Like not even a hot electrician could get it. My light was just off, off, off. I was repulsed by every single man I matched with. Repulsed. The second they tried to contact me, I'm like, oh, fuck off. It was awful. Then matched with a guy last weekend. Guys. I rang all my friends. This is how tragic I am. And I was like, I actually said the words, I've met someone. Because we were because we were messaging for two days. Genuinely rang around. I changed my girlfriend's school WhatsApp profile photo to his profile photo on Hinge. I was, I was, Joanne was like, ring me, ring me, ring me, ring me. I was at work and I rang her on the way home from work and she just went before I was like, hi. And Joanne just went, I'm in love. I've met someone from 48 hours of contact. So embarrassing. And I was just like, you know, when you know, you know, you know, <laughs> when you know, you know. Anyway, he has a kid. I was like, you know, I'll probably be involved with the kid. I'll help raise, I'll help raise the kid. I'm just kind of trying to figure out his relationship with his ex. I'm not going to ask him yet. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you want it, you want it to be cool because you've got feminist ideals and you want to be cool with the ex, you know? Like a cool stepmom. And yeah. But all these ideas and plans for us. And I was like, just in time for Valentine's Day. Perfect. God, God. <laughs> fucking gone two days of talking he asked me for nudes I said no he's gone <laughs> gone he's so so the excitement he just now hold on <laughs> he's gone is he gone because you have decided he's gone have you text him no mental. you grow up where you don't text men so you don't want to know, right? You just want to know in your head, you're like, that's it, it's over. He hasn't gotten in contact with me. Is that not an issue of you giving all your power to this guy that you were like, Joanne, the love was so strong. You were a stepmother. Like, this is really deep, man. I just, like I said, like my, 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 my mojo, my sex drive was so gone. Like it was, yeah. I wasn't even riding myself. You know, we usually have a go yourself. I wasn't even bothered doing that. I'd love to text him and be like, you seem distant. <laughs> well, is this because it was the first time you had fancied someone in so long that your brain had started to work again? It was like... 100%. And it gave me hope. That's the thing. That you sometimes, when you're not, when you've known around to fancy and you've known around that kind of sparks your interest, you lose hope in it all. Yeah. And then you get kind of like bitter about the whole thing. And you're like, everyone's an asshole. He resuscitated my vagina and then fucked off after 48 hours. Joanne, I think there's one thing you have to do for the live Let's Off Nothing podcast. Text him right now. We're peer pressuring you and she won't do it. Look at her. No, I, do you know what it is, right? Do you know what I have a lot of? Pride. <laughs> I think. Sorry, I've gone drinking with you. No, you don't. 
I am a very proud, dignified woman. No, because, you know, this is the thing with lads. They're very simple creatures. They know where you are. If they want you, I've been pursued by men and bloody hell, they'll knock down a door for you if they actually want you. Yeah. I mean, you know, we're always looking for extra layers and signs in their behavior. And it's like, oh, but like, you know, he told me he loved me six years ago, but he broke up with me two years ago, but, but he did tell me he loved me six years ago. doesn't matter. It's all over. You need but, to reset, reboot. But it's the issue here, the anger here, and I would be the exact same as you. It's because your brain started working again and your vagina woke up and you're like, great. And now you're like, sorry, it's all going to shut down again. It's going to take months to reboot. Well, now I'm just like, I have to replan my health future because I have my future mapped out with this lad. You were a stepmother. You weren't going to ever have to have a baby. You had a child already. I need to reassess now, you know. I was genuinely wondering how it's going to work when I go back getting an old... <laughs> I actually was thinking, how is it going to work when I'm back on the road? Maybe I just don't think as much. You know, my personal life is also important. He just, I'd say he was just randomly sending, I'd send nudes to like, I'd say he was messaging 30 women. Everyone everyone but it's the so as a single person and and we've discussed on a podcast before the nudes that I have sent which were me lying in double denim and you could just kind of see a hip bone and that is the nudiest thing I have ever sent in my entire life because guys I'm all about free love I'm all about really going for your body and just giving the people what they want as for you when you're in your 30s and the, the thing is send nudes is it not like no go no well obviously I'm not like I am I mean there's definitely nudes out there yeah there are I know there are nudes out there but your nudes are protected my nudes are protected yeah yeah you gotta be you gotta be very careful about who you send your nudes to exactly that's why I only I only ever send them to family members because I think you can trust them daddy Why are we so obsessed with romantic love, Joanne? Why are we so obsessed with it? Because it feels like coming home at the start. <laughs> and then it feels like circling the plug hole of hell at the end. Also, my biggest, the biggest kind of traumas in my life were heartbreak. I've had two very significant heartbreaks, not including that the lesbian what just happened with your man that you had your your the man you had the family with no I mean your man the lesbian baby from Bruena no <laughs> I I'm, thought, him. I'm talking about adult relationships I've my heart broken twice and mother of god like I have said this to you privately like the last heartbreak was worse it was worse pain than when my father died and that is the god's honest truth because there's no rejection when someone dies there's no rejection. You just have yeah. to deal with it and process it. Whereas when someone you love rejects you, you're just like, like I've turned up to houses. Like I've done it all. Now let's, ladies, gentlemen, gay straight, whatever the hell is going on here. I don't think that anyone can judge because I would think most people have done. I'm on the other side of the spectrum of you, right? I've done the sort of thing whereby I have changed my route to walk home or pubs that I used to go to just on the chance of bumping into a person like I cannot tell you the amount of times that I just walked up and down this road like hardcore street in Dublin hoping praying that he'd be outside his house 
So that's one thing. You've turned up outside houses. Yeah. Knocking on doors. Yeah. Eleanor just messaged there saying I'm going through heartbreak now. Eleanor, I highly recommend there's a talk on, there's a TED talk called by a guy called, I think it's Guy Winch. Some where these names are coming from. And it's all about heartbreak. And it's, oh yeah, here he is. How to fix a broken heart. It's so helpful. I would highly recommend. You see, it's so, he was talking about, he was saying heartbreak is the one thing that can send a normal sane person, like myself. Yeah. Within when, because love is a drug. So if someone just cuts you off, you're literally having withdrawals and it sends you, it can send you like actually insane. Like you, it, you've no rational thought. You're not acting like a normal, reasonable person. You just go mental. And he was like talking about the need for closure and that he's got these clients who are multimillionaires who've offered their exes millions of pounds just to meet them for coffee, just to like talk through the relationship. It's like, this is what he was saying. See, this is the problem with all the social media and stuff as well, because back in the day when you'd break up with, when I broke up, say the baby lesbian, mm. I never have to see him again. Whereas now you can, he was saying, if love is the heroin, the memories are the methadone. And so you keep clicking into their pages and like, mm, mm, pining and you've yeah. so much access to them, which you shouldn't have. And he was like, it's a, kind of like a self-harm. You're trying to keep the relationship alive, even in your memories. Actually, you just need to go cold turkey, nothing. And let go of all sense of hope. They're not coming back. That's the reality of it. You have to, I found that I had to, with social media, I had to cut it out. I had to stop because like that, it was the constant click into the app on the phone and look at them and stare at them and see what they're doing. And this person wasn't hugely active, but he would put things up all the time. And he was so in my circle. And I was, this was someone that, Oh my God, I was a fool for him. Like I was an utter fool for him. This is a guy I met two days after moving to Dublin when I first moved to Dublin. And I was like, oh my God, this is insane. And everything was going great. The sexual chemistry was unbelievable. I was like, how, how has this happened? This hasn't really happened in my life like this, right? And then we go to a festival uh, at Forbidden Fruit and, um, this, this, some of his friends are there and I'm with a group of my friends and I'm like, hey, how's it going? How are you? And then this girl is like, hi, Ryan, how are you? I'm like, hello. She's like, I'm, I'm Sarah. And I just went, okay, hi. She's like, I've heard loads about you. It's lovely to talk to you. And I was like, all right. And then his friends are like having actual panic attacks. And she's like, I'm John's girlfriend. John was the person I was seeing. Next thing I see him running across the field like a lunatic just going, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Because a friend had a job to keep us apart all day. That was his job for the festival to be like, can you make sure that she doesn't meet her? Were you sleeping with this lad or was it one of those kind of emotional attachments? I was sleeping with this lad from like the first time I met him. Dirt! Yeah, from the first time. And I was just sitting there going, and then all of my friends that were there were just like, their faces dropped. I just... I went like this, but it wasn't her fault. It's not her fault. So I just went, okay, I'm going to go. I turned around, I walked away and I got, I think the vodka might have gone up to here. Yeah. Something like that. And all the girls were just, 
not all, all the lads and girls, they all knew what was happening and they just went around me and they're like, okay, so we're going to form a protective bubble for the rest of the weekend and everything's going to be fine. So I was the other woman in a relationship without realizing I was the other woman in a relationship. And I was obsessed with this guy, obsessed with him. And all my friends who know who he is are always like, how? <laughs> I know, but like, I know, but like they do, that whole thing, love is blind. It's so true. Like I've gone out with lads who, I used to do it in stand-up. He looked like a monster munch. <laughs> and I, to say I was obsessed, <laughs> I was absolutely infatuated with him. Yeah. Because he was funny and you see women get laughed into bed. Like, it's like, ha ha. And then you're, you're just fucking spread out like a jam sandwich. We get laughed um, into the sack. Yeah, I think everyone has that one person or two or three or four who makes an absolute fool of them and yet you can't stop for you just keep letting them make a fool of you yeah they're like an achilles heel or an achilles dick if it's a man if it's a if it's a man if it's a man i didn't tell his girlfriend guys i was whisked away everyone's asking i was in such shock i was in actual shock that i was whisked away and then in your 20s you make these bad decisions and you know the whole thing. So this is something we wanted to talk about, Joanne. It's the it's the the feminist aspect of things like this, right? You always wish you're going to make the feminist choice, but you don't always make the feminist choice. Yeah, we were talking about in relation to we. So we have a question about. I'll actually read the question. Where's the question? Oh yeah, what about like? Is it okay to be texting and messaging someone in a relationship? With I'm so sorry. These are questions that were sent in that we are going to deal with. That was my fault. I'm, I'm sorry about that. Can I just, before we move on to the questions, yeah, tell the story, which I told on Clear History. So I'm sorry if you've heard it before, but it feels very relevant. It's okay. No one watched that. It's fine. <laughs> so true. <laughs> anyway, I didn't say that or team. We're in status. Don't fire me. Um, so yeah. basically you were amazing on your history I loved you see loved that prick that wrote that review in the Sunday Times he was like occasionally yes. funny comic drama McNally. and I did an Insta story saying I'd rather be occasionally funny than a constant prick <laughs> then I took it down because I was like he took it down yeah, my first love um, who were called Giles. South Dublin, South County Dublin name. Well done. Call him Giles, right? And I was, like I said, as all my stories start, obsessed with him. And again, he kind of looks like a sponge. Like, are we talking SpongeBob SquarePants? Are we, are we kind of, what? what are we going for? He was very porous. And he'd all this like weird gelled, long curly hair. I don't know what the fuck. I am in. Are we like the Ryan Giggs 1994 sort of a look? Yeah. I'm there. I'm there. Yeah. Yeah. That was disgusting. Disgusting. Spongy with weird hair. Anyway. Like weird sperm coming down their faces drip. I was like, bring it, daddy. <laughs> Obsessed. Right? No, no. Remember how you say daddy? 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 Well, he was my age. There was no, there was no um, gray area there. Yeah. Anyway, obsessed with him, usual shit. 
he didn't know what to do with me. He was like, this girl is super enthusiastic. We broke up all the time. He broke up with me all the time. Blah, blah, blah. Anyway, one time he stood me up and I rang him and I was issuing him an ultimatum. Do you know when you ring someone and you're like, it's over. And then they go, Grant. And you're you're really upset then because you wanted him to kind of like fight for the love. Wouldn't answer any of my calls. I blocked my number, you know, rang from an anonymous number. Wouldn't answer that. I was in Heartbreak Hotel, Eleanor. Heartbreak Hotel, probably what you're like now. Couldn't eat. Looked amazing. No, that's <laughs> Don't. Anyway, like, honestly, couldn't eat, couldn't sleep. Like, it was, I was broken, broken. And in my mind, this is one of the times I turned up to the house. In my mind, I was like, I have to see him because I just need to kind of iron it out face to face. And he lived in and I was working in Roach store at the time. Anyway, got off early, got it, what, what, got, what, got in the dark to his house. He was living with his mom at the time. And I remember thinking, if he doesn't, if he's not there, like I'll go in and wait for him. I'll figure out, I'll ring him off his mom's landline because he'll answer that. Oh yeah, of course. You had a whole plan to get into the house. Like just, I, I was suffering the dementia of heartbreak and it is, yeah. it is an absolute dementia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or a madness. It's, it's not dementia. It is an utter madness where logic. Yeah, sorry. Is logic and everything you need to fit into your scenario makes perfect sense. Your friends can sit you down and say, this is batshit. And you'd be like, what's wrong with them? They're wrong. I'm grand. No. So my therapist did say, this is batshit. <laughs> and she was like, please don't do this. Now, that's not this time. This was the other time I did it. And I went, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, okay. And I just shut the laptop and did it. So anyway. Went out to his gaff, was delighted, couldn't wait. I was excited on the door. I was like, I'm gonna come out, I'm gonna see Giles. So exciting. His mother answers the door. She's like, Well, hi, Joanne. Giles isn't here. He's in his friend's house. And I was like, Oh, can I ring him? My phone's dead. And she was like, Okay, went in, rang his number off the his mother's landline. Yeah. He answers like, Hello. Hi. I'm like, Giles, it's me. It's Joanne. It's He's me. like, What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> what the fuck are you doing with me mask off I'm like don't worry about that Giles <laughs> Giles Giles is there going oh my god she's kidnapped my mother this is ransom she's kidnapped my mother what does this crazy asshole want I'm like your mother's salad tapes the radiator in the kitchen Giles so you better fucking listen to what I'm about to say to you okay pal okay yeah. anyway I was like, Giles, come home. We need to talk. And he was like, <laughs> no, come home. Woman, the lads go, no, come home. And I was like, shit, the plan isn't working. He actually acted to you like he was his mother, like you were his mother saying to come home. And he reacted and go, no, coming home. I thought I, I, in my demented mind, I thought I'd made a gesture of love by going out to his house uninvited and ringing him off his mother's landline. Like I thought that was a good thing. Like, you know, it would show commitment. Not that I don't think I commitment. To rub you. I want to rub you. This is Corona rubbing. Great, great. So anyway, he was like, I'm not coming home. And I was like, okay, okay. But when you do come home, you need to call me because we've a lot. Promise? And he's like, uh, yeah. I was like, Jaws promise. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hung up the phone. His mom was like, will you have a cup of tea? And I was like, I will. Stayed in the house for a while having tea. And then eventually she was like, I don't think he's coming back to one. <laughs> you know, he, I laughed and he obviously never rang. 
this is the thing. Sometimes we live in this narrative whereby it's the women that are psychos and it's the men that aren't. Whereas I think men are just as psychopathic as women are, because the fact is, is that as everyone, if you're into love, you need to watch and read Dr. Helen Fisher. She's been on the six o'clock show twice recently. She is a legend. And she talks about how love is essentially a drug because the area of the brain that lights up when you're in love with someone is the exact same area that lights up when you're taking cocaine. It's addictive. So it's all this sort of stuff. It's, it's it's men and women. It's the exact same things. We've just been fed a narrative that men are are cooler. They're cooler cucumbers. They're not. They're just as mad as we are. I snort men. That's literally what I do. Like I <laughs> literally snort them. Like I used to smell my ex. When yeah. I used to, when right off the penis. When I used to come home in the evening, I'd smell him and we'd <laughs> smell each other. How long before the big reveal? So this is, the big reveal is being naked in front of each other? Is it having sex? I guess it's sex. So this is my take on this, right? I would have said when you're young, I would have, I was very, I wasn't that sexually active because I, like I've said in previous podcasts, I had my pussy on a pedestal that it did not deserve to be on. Mm-hmm. Okay. I thought mm-hmm. it was like some sort of special rose that should only be like granted to people who read it. So I missed out on that promise, promiscuous stage when I was young. Then I was in relationships. Busy leaves my mind. Then when I moved to London, I was like, right, I'm going to have this promiscuous stage, right? I'm just going to fucking get out there and ride. No bullshit, no shame, nothing, right? So the first guy that I actually went on a date with was a photographer called, and I'm going to use his real name because he's a dick. Okay, right. Sorry, I know a lot about these because when she was going through her promiscuous stages when myself and Joanne were really becoming friends and it was, I, I waited for it like a favourite episode of my, t- an episode of my favourite TV show. So I was like, we're old enough now that there's no judgment with one night stands and shit like that. Do you know what I mean? Like that's kind of caught up when you're, I think when you're young because you're playing these games and they were just mature yeah. and this is the perfect time to have. Anyway, went a date with this uh, photographer called we're getting on like a house on fire. He was pretty attractive. And we were like getting pissed. And he was like, oh, this is great. Let's do it again. I've never met anyone like that. All that shit that they come out with, right? And I, well, no, I was laughing a bit. I was like, I know you were, but I just know what's happening. So it makes me go. Yeah. So anyway, he was like, we'll do it again. And I was like, okay. So we went to leave. And I said, sure, I'll go back to yours. Now, this strategy was twofold. One, I just moved to London. I wasn't entirely sure how to get home. I I wasn't familiar with the tube system. It seemed easier to get home with this guy, right? How much is the taxi going to cost me? Is it worth £30? I don't know. This is the thing. Like, when they talk about, like, getting home safely and, like, you know, I would literally get home if a guy offered me a lift for for a fiver instead of a 50 quid taxi. Oh, for most of my life, I was keys in the hand, keys Never. in the hand. Every single one says that you look like Freddy Krueger and I was walking home because I was like, I do not have the money for a cab. So yeah, 100%. You're like, I'll walk through Rape Park. Yeah. Like, I said, when I'll go back to yours, his, his, his attitude towards me changed immediately, right? Immediately. There was kind of like a fleck in the eye. He was kind of registering it. It wasn't immediate excitement. It wasn't what you want. It was like... Kind of, it was a bit oh. shocked. Bit uh, yeah. 
He went, oh, okay. But I was like, I'm in now. So we were in the cab and I remember him saying, well, at least I know you don't do this that often. Which even as drunk as I was, that stuck out with me because I was like, this prick is judging me for getting yeah. Yeah, 100%. Like, I thought we were, but anyway, obviously I'm a mo- woman of my word. So I was like, I'm in the cab now. Went back, rode him. And I'm not lying when I say with every thrust, he lost more interest in me and more interest in me and more interest in me. <laughs> to the point where I woke up the next morning, he could not have been further over the other side. Like he was practically in the spare room with his back turned to me on his phone and I said joking I went oh morning and then I went oh god are you back on hinge <laughs> joking and he went he looked at me and went no I'm just answering some emails <laughs> so then I said do you know when you're like I need to get the fuck out of here I said I was being a modern woman he thinks <laughs> I'm absolute like he's treating me like I'm a whore like yeah. awful because we'd had sex and because my vagina is like a Venus flytrap and I'm basically like, you break, you buy and I just get attracted straight away. I'm now interested in him because we've had sex. So I, the next morning, he's not interested in me, but I'm not really reading that as much as I should be. I'm like, let's win him back. I need to get his attention back. So I'm like, like, how did you meet? And like, what are your, like, how did your parents, oh, your parents divorced at nine. God, that must've been so hard. And he goes, Joy's asked us any questions in the morning. So then I was like, get out. I no idea where I was. All I know is I live in Clapham. So I said, do you drive? <laughs> he was like, yeah. And I said, do you have a car? And he was like, yeah. And then he goes, Joanne, I'm not giving you a lift anyway. <laughs> so it was, i never forget when Joanne was telling me this story, I was like, oh my God, it's bad in Dublin, but you always get the lift. And she just went, you always get the lift in Dublin, in London. No, you get on the tube with your Monica Lewinsky dress. Much love to Monica Lewinsky. No disrespect. We love her. She is a queen. But you get on the tube and you get home. There is the, no chivalry in London. In any, you will not get the lift. The one thing they'll do when you've had a slutty night in Dublin or around Ireland, they'll drive you home. But they, but you think he'd even give me a lift out of get, like out of shame just to get me out of the house. Anyway, he goes, Joanne, I'm not, I'm not giving you a lift anywhere. And I said, what? I obviously said, why? And he said, because he thought I was asking about it, he goes, oh, Joanne, it was just a joke. I didn't mean to be asked about it again. And I went, I wrote jokes for a living. That was a shit joke. And I made <laughs> I was like, why won't you give me a lift? It's fucking lift. And he said, I'll never forget it. I might put it on my headstand. Joanne, giving you a lift somewhere, somewhere would be an unprecedented act of chivalry. And I just don't think I feel that way about you yet. Now, can everyone just, just sit with that? Because using the sentences, the sentence or the words unprecedented act of chivalry lets you know everything that you need to know about it was, it was done. It was done with you from minute one when you said, sure, I'll come home. Big reveal, personally, whenever the fuck you want it to be. Unbelievable shit. Now, I did wake up in the middle of the night and couldn't find the toilet and took a piss in his garden, but I don't think he knew that. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Uh-huh.
reveal. A lot of people have said up here um, that three dates and all this kind of stuff. I'm a three dater, yeah. Yeah, I think it's I think it's weird because like I'm in a relationship now. I get that. I get that. I'm discounted. I'm out. But it was always shame that I felt. I I think that honestly, the Catholic religion has an awful lot to answer for for how I feel and deal with things. Yeah. I'm an agnostic, atheistic Catholic. So that brings its whole other level of shit. What the hell does that mean? Exactly. What the hell did you go inside my brain when it comes to religion? It's an absolute bloody nightmare. But when it came to sex, I, I, was, I was so old by the time I first had sex. I built it up in my head to be this huge thing. Like the girls were literally going, I don't know if they're here anymore. They've probably left. But like Grace and Lorna Jane and Vu, if Ruthie's here, she was just like, are you ever going to, are you ever just going to fucking do it? You know, the way your thing was beep, beep, beep for it growing back. Mine was, you know, Gandalf in Lord of the Rings. You shall not pass. That was my vagina well until I was in my 20s. So then after I kind of got over it and had sex, I I really, it really annoys me that it's in a, it's in the guy's court and that they can judge a woman. It really annoys me. I know, and not, they don't all, of course there's men out there who couldn't give a shit. And there's women out there who don't give a shit. And when they find each other, it's fantastic. But I... Aaron says, if you're gay, you have sex before the date to then they deserve the date. <laughs> so true. One of my gay mates, John, this is the God's honest truth, right? He was there to me. He said, Joanne, have you ever had sex on a look back? And I was like, a look back? What do you mean? Because, you know, like you catch a guy's eye on the street and you look back. And I was like, no. He said, he was down Harcourt Street. This lad passed him. There was a look back. John keeps going. The lad turns around, starts following John. At this stage, I'll be calling the guards. This is as a straight woman. Gets back to his Land Rover. Turns around. Your man's behind him. They ride in the car. They ride in the car? They ride in the car. Ben wouldn't even give you a lift home. And they have a ride in the car. Yeah. I mean, it's just not fair. Straights and gays. I just, gays, you just have it sorted. Uh, Sheila McMahon, I wish I was a gay man. Gay men, I I think gay men are sick of straight women wanting to be gay men. (laughs) They're just like, okay, you have sex in the city. That's basically gay men, except they've turned them into women. Every single character in Sex and City is a gay man that they've given a vagina to. Guys, here we go. We're talking about kinks, really, aren't we? I'd love to hear your take on alternative love lives like open relationships and BDSM activities. So my housemate Sophie is a sexual psychologist and oh, Sophie. My Sophie. Yeah, I got super excited. I was like, hi, Sophie. So she was telling me the story, which I was like, oh my God, what the fuck? She's one of the reasons I moved into the house because I was like, I'm going to oh. ruin so much for material. And I was like, tell me your worst stories. Tell me your worst stories. She's like, well, I had this guy in recently and he came in with gonorrhea of the throat, which apparently is quite common, right? So they were like, oh, you've got gonorrhea of the throat. Grant gave him his medication. They're like, you'll be grand in five days. He went off, took the medication, came back in, still had gonorrhea of the throat. And they were all like, what? Have you done everything we told you to? Have you abstained from the sex? Have you, like, you're, are you giving blowjobs? Like, what are you doing? He's like, nothing, nothing, nothing. I haven't done anything. Um... I've abstained. I've done everything you told me to. They're like, okay, gave him the meds. 
came back. This went on for weeks and weeks and weeks to the point where they were going to write him up as having a new strain of gonorrhea. I told the story at a wedding and the bride came up and said, Joanne, can you please stop telling that story? Why would you tell that story at a wedding? Were you giving a speech? Or was it friends? Anyway, he, gonorrhea, gonorrhea. They were like, he's got a new strain of gonorrhea. We need to write him up for the medical books. He was like, I'm, they're like, are you sure you're abstaining? He was like, I don't know what to tell you. I'm a medical marvel. I'm a medical marvel. So they're like, okay, well, before we write you up. You're off the throat and the man is proud of himself. He's fucking well, proud of himself. I guess he was enjoying the attention that they were like, you can't be cured. Like you've got this new strain, you know? Yeah. Anyway, so then before that, they sent him to my housemate Sophie. They're like, just go and see the psychologist. She's in with the psychologist. She goes, okay. She's Welsh. Welsh. She's like, is there anything you can do? You told me anything. Are you sure? And it told me through your day. Told me through your day. So he was like, okay, well, like I'm running in the morning up in Hampstead Heath and I work, he's like, I don't know, I work as marketing or something. A totally regular guy called Brian, which is the most regular name. That's not his real name. I'm just saying, hypothetically, it's probably Ryan. It is. I've got a Brian in my family, my brother. Most normal name in the world. Normal, normal. So anyway, he was like, um, eventually he cracked and he went, oh, could it be what I do with the condoms up in Hampstead Heath? And she went, what do you do with them? And he said, I eat them like a fruit. Okay. Let's just take a moment for that. Let's just let this settle. Let's just let this settle. Dirt. This guy went to a sexual psychologist. Yeah. I've been going to medical professionals for how long? Oh, a couple of months. Now, me and Sophie have discussed this at length. I mean, how the man only had gonorrhea up the throat, how he wasn't dead. So, do you not think there's something up with him that he, he yeah. exactly what he was doing? I wouldn't tell the medical professionals, but then when he went into someone who had to chat to, so I that pick. I think no. So me and Sophie have discussed this at length, and we have unpacked it, right? And we're like, what was going on there? Like, obviously his kink or whatever is eating used Johnny's off the ground and ham studies. Right, each to their own. But he obviously at the start didn't realize that that was what was causing the problem. Like he obviously just genuinely didn't make the connection. Then he started getting all this attention because they were like, you're a medical marvel, you're a medical marvel. You're... And then he, I think he got high on that. And then I think when he ended up with a psychologist. He realized it was time to, it was time for the big reveal. That he was like, okay, it's actually time to, to tell the truth about what's actually going on. Yeah, before they operate on me. Yeah, because the fact is, is that he was using them like fruits. That's what you just said. He was just going up, use condoms. Now, he isn't this the absolute... By the way, I just want to apologise to Andre. Why is he, sorry, why is he drinking condoms? I don't know, Barra. Well, can I just apologise to Andre, who asked what we think about alternative lives and BDSM, and we've turned it into someone who liked giving himself gonorrhea in throat because he was doing this. And also, the environment. Can I just say, just throw it in a bin, guys. Just throw it, wrap it up, turn it in a bin. I would say sometimes I'm like, oh, maybe I'm a sub, but I think I'm just kind of lazy. What's the difference? Do you know what I mean? Lazy. You're, You're like, I'm oh, just going to lie here. No, it's a kink. It's a kink. I, I, <laughs> not ours doing anything. I'm so dirty. Oh. These days you can't just have normal, boring sex. It has to be a stuff. So you're right. You can just be, my kink is just to lie down. down. My kink is just to like chill out. 
so she was saying, oh yeah, the wife- is Not to confuse BDSM with weird fetishism. Absolutely, Roshin, Roshin, we're not, we're that- oh. Sorry, sorry. Disclaimer, we don't know what we're talking about. We absolutely <laughs> don't. I've never done BDSM. I think whatever you're into, if you're not harming anyone else, and if you're having a bit of crack, go for it. Do open relationships ever work? Yes, if you have an understanding that you have an open relationship and you're both on the same wavelength. I'm not saying that someone who slips themselves into a sling for a bit of dick is the same as someone who chews condoms up in Hampstead Heath. It just felt like a natural story to tell there. Anyway, where were we? It's such a natural story to tell there. But come on, you all wanted to hear the fruit story. I'm so sorry to every parent who has a child under the age of seven now who can never use fruits ever, ever again. Okay, we need to wrap it up now because I've asked my housemates to stay off the Wi-Fi while I do this and I'd say that. Yeah, and guys, this went on for a really long time. We're really sorry, but we might. Um... Happy Galentines. Happy. Said, someone said happy Galentines. Barbara, thanks for your enthusiasm. You're the only person I can see and it's been great. Yeah, I can only see Liza and she's been amazing and it's been so Liza. Good. And thank you to Froobs who are going to sponsor our next live show. 100%. Thanks a million, guys. Not that we can't get a sponsor. Um, okay, we We're in our message, you know. What? Sam McNally, have we solved love? I feel like we have. Don't suck it off the ground is the message, I think. Find your own love. Or lick it off the ground, but not, love, off the ground but not off a used condom. Exactly. Thank you for listening to the Let's Solve Nothing podcast by Maureen O'Connell and Joanne McNally. The music was created by Twisterium.